This is Archive Atlanta, episode 158, Ida Elliott. You're listening to Archive Atlanta, a history podcast where each week I'll be sharing a story about the people, places, and events that shape the history of the city of Atlanta. I'm your host, local tour guide, and total history nerd, Victoria Lemos. Hey everyone, happy Friday. So I'm piggybacking a little bit off of last week's episode, which was about abortion, with a story that references an alleged abortion. There is nothing I love more than a dramatic Victorian-era news story. And since so much of our history is always about the successful, the rich, the prominent, it's not often that we get to know about the lives of the poor, the working class, or just everyday people from Atlanta's past. And so that's what this mini episode is about, and I hope you enjoy it. When researching the Elliot, which is an apartment building in Midtown built in 1916, I stumbled upon the story of Ida Elliot, a young working-class girl from Bellwood. A small window into the working-class folks of this neighborhood and how a sensational news story from 1896 landed them on the front page of the local papers. Bellwood was today the area along Marietta Street from 8th to North Ave. Mule-drawn trolleys came to the area in 1882, and by 1894, electric streetcars would take you right into the city. So the neighborhood was annexed into Atlanta in 1897, and access into Atlanta was expanded in 1913 by the Bellwood Viaduct. That is, if you've ever heard the Bridge to Nowhere or have seen the Bridge to Nowhere that's right off Northside, um, that viaduct so that was built in 1913, was how people from Bellwood could actually get to the city across the railroad tracks. But in 1896, this was just Bellwood. It was home to Ida. She worked at the Troy Steam Laundry. Uh, there was a building downtown, so there there is a building that's right next to Pond City Market, but I think she worked at one that no longer exists as it was downtown. She befriends a young man named Charles Houghton, but he's about 20 years old, and he works at the Atlanta Table Company on Bell Street. So he walks her home after work sometimes for protection. They claim they're friends. The complicated thing is that Charlie is married and his wife is described as an invalid. So the family is not happy about their companionship. Gossipy neighbors of Bellwood speculate that Charlie had something to do with Ida's father's recent death. You know, just like a lot of small town gossip going on. One night after Charlie leaves Ida's house after a visit, she begins complaining about sharp pains in her back. Doctors are called, and the prognosis is speculated, but after 10 days of illness, Ida died. The doctors suggested that it was caused by a case of meningitis. The neighbors, however, didn't buy it, and they suspected that Charlie raped and then poisoned her. He's arrested and interrogated. He claims that Ida asked him to go buy some ergot from the drugstore. And the pharmacist at McFall's, um, this was on the corner of Marietta and Honeycutt, confirms that he did, but he didn't sell it to him. Charlie then says he was able to buy it from Ingram's pharmacy, a fact that Ingram vehemently denies. So you're probably wondering, what the heck is ergot? I probably am saying it wrong. Why is this so hard to get? And what it is, is a fungus that had historically been used in alternative medicine over centuries and sometimes used to cause abortions in the cases of unwanted pregnancy. So yeah, an unwed young girl suspected to have ended a pregnancy with a married man. This is capital D drama in 1896. Remember, the Victorians love drama. 
Ida's mother confirmed that Ida and Charlie knew each other, but they were just friends. Neighbors believe Ida was pregnant when she died. So in order to know the truth, Ida's body was exhumed on March 30th. She was buried at the Elliott Burial Grounds, which was described as, quote, some distance from the Chattahoochee River car line and near the stables, end quote. This is hard to pinpoint today. Believe me, I tried. But it works out to be along the edge of Georgia Tech's property along Marietta Street, so somewhere over there. Coroner Payton held the inquest at her grave. And as they gathered, it had started to rain. So everyone quickly runs to a shed nearby. County physician McDaniel and doctors Bridwell, Brooks, and Hood were all present to inspect Ida's body. But when they finally started inspecting, nobody could determine anything, let alone determine whether it was poison. Her brain showed no signs of meningitis. Um, Her lungs showed symptoms of tuberculosis, but that wasn't what had killed her. And they all said she definitely wasn't pregnant. So they call in the city chemist, Dr. McCandless, who removes her stomach, places it in a jar of alcohol, and says he needs 10 days to determine if poison was used. At the end of those 10 days, he returns with his report. No poison. To the residents of Bellwood um, and one particular Elliot family member, they're not having it. George Elliot, which is the dead girl's cousin, tried to bring another charge against Charlie. Uh, This one would stick. And this was that he said he gave her a drug that caused the abortion. So before the neighbors were like, oh, he poisoned her. Now it's that he gave her an abortion drug. Houghton is tried before Judge Cook on murder charges, and the three doctors say maybe kind of sort of evidence that she was pregnant, which they had just said she wasn't. But again, this is 1896. The grand jury found a bill of indictment, and he awaits his next court date. And so the neighbors say that some helped him get the ergot. Through this whole ordeal, the only people on Ida's side are her mother, and four other neighborhood girls. And they're like, she definitely wasn't pregnant. There was no signs of an abortion. Um, McCandless, who the chemist, comes back. He tells the reporter, we've examined every part of her. If she did take ergot, it had been absorbed and passed. So there was no way to tell. He does, though, believe that she died as a result of an abortion. Somehow. Charlie keeps saying that if he has to, he can prove he didn't poison her doesn't say anything else. Um, Judge Candler hears the case. Dr. McDaniel testifies that an abortion occurred and oil of tansy was given. (laughs) Keep in mind, all of these doctors were at the gravesite and all said she wasn't pregnant, but now all of a sudden they have new evidence, I guess. Um, Dr. Vinson also describes that an abortion must have occurred. Dr. Beck says no abortion. And a neighbor, Jack Shepard, said that he knew Charlie well and that Charlie told him that Ida was pregnant and it had to end. And then this was like two months before her death. When Hutton finally takes the stand, he tells his story simply and calmly. He says one day he's passing by Troy Steam Laundry and Ida calls to him. And when he approaches, she gave him a dollar and said, please buy this medicine that I've written on a piece of paper. He goes to buy it. Apparently he buys the wrong one. She makes him go back. He gets the right one. End of story. That's what he's saying. Judge Candler instructs the jury that they can decide guilty or not guilty. 
and then within the guilty option, they must decide whether this was a felony or a misdemeanor. And after a short deliberation, the jury returns with the verdict. Guilty with the recommendation of mercy. The charge was changed to a misdemeanor, and Charlie Hutton was sentenced to one year of hard labor and a fine of $500. And that's all we know. Um, I don't know what happened to Charlie. I don't know what the residents of Bellwood thought after that. It's just, these just one of those forgotten stories. So there you have it, the story of Ida Elliot. One thing to mention, uh, when I recorded this, because I think it was last year, I did not know where the Elliot Cemetery was. But in that time, I have found it. I have explored it many times. Uh, it's really overgrown. There are very few headstones that are visible. Like There's like one or two. And if you go to find a grave for the listing, Ida is not listed there as a burial. But I am very confident that this is the spot that I talked about in this episode. And so it really adds a lot to be standing in this space, knowing what happened there 125-ish years ago. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Remember to leave a rating and or a review. And you can also visit the Patreon link in the show notes to support the podcast. Hope everyone has a great weekend. And I'll talk to you next week.